Welcome to the Good Money Habits podcast, where we marry financial education with tips from the experts on how to develop good money habits. Knowing what your options are around your finances is one thing, how to translate the knowledge into action for results is quite another. We're all about helping others take steps to gain financial stability, to live a better life. This podcast is brought to you by Lighthouse Capital. It is important to understand that today's episode is of general nature and doesn't take into account your personal objectives, financial situations or needs and may not be appropriate for you. Prior to this pandemic, the Australian Securities and Investment Commission nominated inadequate cash flow as the number one reason why businesses fail. And according to the ABS, approximately 60% of small businesses cease within their first three years of operation. Sobering statistics that have no doubt been amplified with countless businesses being forced into hibernation this year, albeit with temporary support measures and protection from insolvency. The Reserve Bank has indicated that whilst Australia has done a better job than most other countries, it's warning that a slow and uneven recovery is likely and we'll see many more small businesses fail. The uneven nature of this event has seen some businesses pushed to the brink, whilst others have experienced the opposite and have been able to boost their cash flow buffers. For many small businesses that have had to go into hibernation, this has come completely out of left field, is undoubtedly the source of considerable stress and a really sharp reminder that unexpected things can happen. Good cash flow management is one of the most fundamental elements of running a financially sound business and often the most underrated and overlooked. Welcome to Good Money Habits. This is Julia Shortinghouse and today I'm joined by a fellow financial planner and friend, Dean Gilkerson, who is a director at Gilkerson Investments, who is passionate like I am about the importance of cash flow management. Welcome, Dean. Thanks, Julia. It's great to be here. I'm excited to be participating in uh, such an important conversation. And Dean, it feels like we've grown up together in this profession, if I can say that. I think we've known each other for roughly 20 years. Um, So I too am really excited about the opportunity to chat with you today, uh, to draw on your experiences and wisdom in this space. Um, I'm also joined by Iggy Morrow, who is an accountant and director at Walker Wayland and works closely with Dean's business. Welcome, Iggy. Thanks for having me, Julia. Now, Iggy, we all know Perth is a really small place. Um, It's brilliant having you here today, especially given our connection goes back to our late teens when you were really good friends with my sister-in-law, Petra. Julia, it's amazing how time flies from those heady teenage days. I wish I knew then what I know now. It's it's great to join you and Dean today. And Walker Wayland has worked with the Gilkerson family and many mutual clients for a number of years now. So true, those heady teenage years indeed, and just reflecting that my teenage son is probably the age now that we were when we met, so that's a bit scary. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so back onto topic. Um, Whilst there are advantages to running your own business, for many it can come with challenges and stresses, but the good news is that it doesn't need to be that way. So today we're going to explore why cash flow matters, tips on how to get organised for ongoing peace of mind, including analytic technologies, and hear stories that will bring these concepts to life. So Dean, I might put you in the hot seat first, if I can kick off by asking you why you believe cash flow management matters, and how do you go about it in your own business and why? Okay, so um, we map our cash flow on a weekly basis. Uh, We project out for around 12 to 15 months in advance, including what our payroll and tax liabilities will be over that period. Um, 
we combine that with setting aside funds for tax liabilities in a separate account, which means when we make those payments or when those payments are due, rather, we, we've got the cash to, um, to make the required payments. Uh, having been in business for so long, we've seen good and bad times um, like everyone else. And, uh, you know, personally, I've made heaps of mistakes in relation to cash flow and, and management of cash flow and, and learned the hard way that, um, you know, present day bank balance is, uh, is largely irrelevant. Um, interestingly, one of the toughest things to have to come to terms with was growing faster than our net cash flow um, really led to serious cash flow problems. So as we grew our business, um, it didn't seem to make sense to me, um, especially in the early days that, you know, whilst we were succeeding by all accounts, uh, we kept running out of money. Um, it's a finance concept, so financing the business correctly rather than an accounting concept. Um, but I, I think we'll come back to that a bit later. Uh, ultimately, whenever we've had our cash flow system working well, um, it's massively improved our business operation and you know, ultimately makes for sleeping better. Yeah, I definitely um, could concur on the sleeping better and goodness, it's amazing how alike our journey has been. So I'm in business with my husband and he started the business um, several years before I joined him. And like you in those early days, you know, there were some bumps in the road in terms of cash flow management. Um, but he then um, set about at that time um, to develop cash flow modelling in our business and, and we project forward 18 months and then map it back to the actual business counts each fortnight. Um, and then from a, a revenue perspective, we project forward at a lower level than what we're currently uh, receiving to allow for unexpected events. So um, in exactly the same way as Dean just said, you know, we too view the actual balance in our business account as largely irrelevant. So what we focus on is the projected future bank balance, taking into account things like GST, PAYG, tax instalments, staff superannuation guarantee payments, payroll, tax, loan repayments, and so on and so forth. Um, so Iggy, um, as an accountant, you know all too well how vital getting your cash flow in order is. Something that you often hear about is small business owners not paying themselves in a disciplined discipline way, um, taking more in the better years, perhaps, thus removing the shock absorber in the leaner years or periods. Is that something that you commonly see? And if so, what can be done to smooth the ride? Yeah, look, um, generally what we, uh, what we try to ensure our business owners understand is that cash flow is vitally important. And you need to set aside some sort of compensation from your business. So you're not only looking at business cash flow, you're looking at your own cash flow and your um, uh, and your personal cash flow. Um, so you can either do this either through a salary or through a profit share um, coming out of the business. How much do you set aside? Well, as a starting point, you need to ensure that you at least cover your living expenses. If you can't do that, you then would need to consider what you are doing and you need to work more in the business until profit and cash flow allows you to be able to employ staff or increase um, the time that staff work on in your business. Uh, can you increase prices or can you reduce expenses? Cash flow management is vital. So you need to ensure that you set aside enough cash for your salary and also your tax. With good planning, you should also be able to keep a close track of your profit throughout the year. Again, you need to ensure you set aside sufficient cash to pay for your tax obligations. So you've got your GST, you've got your pay as you go instalments and withholding. And uh, if you have employees, you also need to set aside enough for superannuation. We find an efficient way to do this is to set up a separate bank account and regularly transfer money from your usual trading account. 
Regular discussions with your accountant and other trusted advisors can also help you keep on track. Yeah, Nikki, that separate bank account, I think, is a really great tip and one we might circle back to a little bit later on, um, but a simple one that people can take away and implement pretty quickly. And I wholeheartedly agree with your comments around keeping up regular discussions between your accountants and financial planners and other trusted advisors. In relation to working out how much compensation the business owner should pay themselves, I guess I feel like it's not that dissimilar to how as a financial planner we work with retirees. I'm sure Dean will relate to this one. So, you know, we need to uh, determine what's a safe drawdown rate for our clients from their pension accounts, for example, to make sure it will last a life expectancy. You know, in this instance, what's a safe drawdown rate so that the owners can have some surety about their lifestyle throughout those ups and downs that are inevitable in business? I guess I suspect one of the reasons cash flow management is often done poorly or indeed not at all is because simply it does require effort. So I think the key there is to remember why it matters. If you're looking for that peace of mind and financial stability, one tip I would have is to set things up to be relatively simple easy to monitor and most importantly, realistic. Um, Now Iggy, I know you do quite a lot of work in the tech analytics space. What tools have you found work for your clients and how do they work? There's a myriad of tools that we can use. Absolute basic starting point has to be Excel spreadsheets for simple cash flow and budget. This can be as simple, as complex as you like. Once this is ready, you can then enter the details into your accounting software and use reporting inside that to compare your budget figures to your actual figures. Uh, Another software that we use is uh, Castaway. This is an important business forecasting tool. This provides more detailed forecasting, business modelling, graphs and dashboards. A three-way forecast can help you keep track of your three important accounting reports, your profit and loss, your balance sheet and cash flow. This in turn assists to keep track of your tax payments, super payments bank and loan balances. Another useful tool that we are using is PowerBI. This is a collection of software, services, apps and connectors that work together, linking unrelated data sources such as spreadsheets and software, which is either cloud or premise-based, to provide some coherent and interactive insights to your data. Uh, To collect all financial data, PowerBI lets you easily connect your data sources, visualise and discover what's important and share that with anyone you want. Now Iggy, we caught up last week and you showed me a quick demo of that castaway software you just touched on and it looked like a great way to almost have a dashboard across your business to help keep track of things. So how successful has this approach been for your clients and do any stories stand out to you? This has been successful for many clients over over the years. Business going through different stages of um, startup from startup growth and merger and acquisitions so these tools assist in completing business plans proof of business viability for banks and government grants asset purchases and other acquisitions one great story i keep coming back to is um, a young couple in their mid-20s who had set up their own business they had a great concept but they needed help with their cash flow and to understand their profitability better to ensure that they could afford to buy a house Over a period of a few months, we got a better understanding of their business and product lines. We we reviewed their business, looked at their profitable products, cut their non-profitable lines, reviewed their freight and delivery costs, and put some efficiency into their reporting and processing systems. So over a period of about 18 months, they were able to save enough money to put a significant deposit down for their first home. Castaway was a huge help with this. 
Another example of a business we helped is a winery which required around 14 days to obtain meaningful end-of-month reports. They have a number of spreadsheets and accounting reports that they use, but collating all this information into meaningful financial reports was very time-consuming. So we've managed to get this um, turnaround time down to 10 days using Power BI apps and dashboards. Finally, Power BI also helped a business to ascertain unprofitable product lines. Together with a client, we were able to review their cost centres and pricing to increase the profitability of their products. Their product lines and customers could be incorporated into graphs, with any outlier plots on these graphs being investigated further. You could say this is graphical reporting by exception. Yeah, there's some fantastic examples there. And it sounds to me like these kinds of tools coupled with oversight and guidance from your accountant would be well worth the investment. Um, Dean, what have you found works for your clients and what tips do you have around how to set up banking to make it easier? Yeah, we've touched on this a few times now. And um, as Iggy said, um, starting with a simple method that works for the individual is vital for its success. So uh, in simple terms, um, you know, what we're wanting to know is um, ultimately, you know, if we're going to run out of money and um, if we are, when will that happen? Um, to, to help answer that ongoing question, a cash flow spreadsheet that's managed on a monthly basis works really well, particularly when, when you're starting a business. Um, maybe more frequently isn't necessary, but as a business grows, uh, depending on frequency of deposits and withdrawals from a, a bank account, uh, a weekly cash flow spreadsheet can be a real improvement and give much clearer control over the amount of money in the bank. Um, we almost always see that uh, combining that with separate bank accounts, so one for tax obligations, GST, withholdings tax, instalment tax, etc., as Iggy said earlier, um, and then another for any larger lumpy outbound cash payments such as kind of equipment purchases, you know, that really works well. Um, ultimately, it's really assuring to, to know when something's due and payable, the money's set aside rather than having to, to find it at the time, which causes um, undue pressure. Um, sticking with what's simple usually leads to, to greater effectiveness. So any more than a couple of accounts can become unwieldy. And, you know, naturally, all of this has been amplified significantly with the uncertainty created through the COVID crisis. But, um, you know, the, these methods are absolutely critical at almost all times in my view. Yeah, I agree. And an excellent point on um, keeping it simple and undoubtedly reassuring to know that the money is already set aside for future expenses when they do come up. Um, Now, Dean, I've heard you use the expression growing broke. Can you explain that concept? Yeah. So, um, you know, made an earlier point about my own experience of growing and running out of money um, from a cash perspective. So uh, coming back to that, I remember someone sharing that phrase, uh, growing broke years ago, and I always, I really loved it. Um, I didn't really understand it back then, but then sort of as my experience grew, I I sure understand it now. Um, It comes down to the simple concept that for many businesses, uh, the ability to generate revenue on which a profit's made requires spending in advance so you know either on uh, inventory or staff to deliver um, you know outcomes for customers ultimately how they they charge so um, those additional costs are there you know month in month out and and usually they're payable immediately so really this this concept is about financing the business correctly which is a complex problem and and rarely addressed well um, having cash in the bank's one way of solving that problem, but you know there's others, and understanding the flow of cash in and out of the business is um, 
is really critical. So making sure that you don't grow yourself out of having cash in the bank, I think, is is kind of back to that statement of growing broke. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense to me. And um, what I'm hearing is that that good cash flow management really helps you to have the confidence to make better business decisions. You know, for example, um, you'd have a much better understanding of the impact of hiring a new staff member or maybe buying new equipment such as machinery. So that forward cash flow projection will tell the story, if you like, um, as to the safety of making that call in relation to the future cash at bank um, or flag the need to seek advice if it's appropriate to debt fund it. Um, now, Dean, Dan, I'm going to keep honing in on your saying I've heard over the years and forgive me if I've got this one wrong but another one I hear you talk to is paying long. Um, Can you explain what that is and perhaps provide an example? Yeah so depends on the day there's different (laughs) versions of this um, you know paying long and it sort of comes back to that um, that previous point um, you know and onward from that the concept of paying long fits perfectly so um, you know they're not my phrases by the way they're things I've heard from others and and found them really um, useful as they provoke some response so um, the the full saying is kind of receive short and pay long which just means to improve the health of a business it makes sense um, to uh, to receive your revenue as quickly as possible so having the funds in the bank account as soon as you can really makes a difference and then the opposite is the case for paying your expenses and you know the the longer you can hold on to your cash the better so I mean usually where it goes awry is that um, you know people then don't recognize there's a counterparty to that so being a good corporate citizen is important. Um, treat all stakeholders with respect and understand the issues um, matter in their business as well. So an example would be um, if you didn't receive a payment from a customer as expected and you required those funds to to pay a supplier or your staff, then, you know, you don't have the money and therefore you've got a problem. So, um, you know, the alternative to that is if you receive those monies, those funds rather earlier, um, and, you know, perhaps ask your supplier for longer payment terms, it would solve the problem. Um, it might seem like semantics, but it's a huge supercharger for business of all sizes and, you know, a, a powerful way of financing your business is is really tweaking this and, um, you know, again, just back to that prior point of just making sure all, all customers, all suppliers separately are, are treated respectfully. Yeah, and that all make, that's all pretty sensible and makes good sense to me. But as you've just finished off by saying, I think uh, respect is the key with that one. Um, so changing tack a little bit and thinking about the impact of COVID-19. Um, so Iggy, many business owners listening may currently be in a dire position and behind on payments, such as money owing to the tax office. What advice do you have for people to tackle this situation? Look, Julia, it can become pretty um, pretty stressful knowing that you owe a significant amount of money to the ATO and, of course, your suppliers. It's important that you keep them in the loop as to where things are. The worst thing you can do is bury your head in the sand. The last thing you want, the last thing you want for um, suppliers is to cut your deliveries or the ATO to place payment um, payment demands on you. And if you're up front and act early, they will work with you on a payment plan. The ATO's in particular, is more more than willing to help during this current COVID-19 slowdown. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I guess it comes back to communication. And as you say, um, as hard as it is, not burying your head in the sand. Um, And an excellent point um, that, as you said, the ATO is far more willing to help during this pandemic. 
And I guess along similar lines but different, Dean, you know, where businesses have overdrafts and loans, what advice do you have for them when dealing with their bank, for example? Yeah, I, th- I mean, Iggy's point is um, is spot on. Uh, you know, tough situations, um, you know, often we're scared, senseless of, of others, um, what other th- people will think and say. I mean, it's, it's terrifying and um, ultimately sort of, there's a lot of shame that comes with that. Um, Good point. You know, if, if you raise the flag early, you know, engage and ask for assistance, there's definitely mechanisms in place across all these institutions that can be employed to help, whether it's the ATO or or banks or, you know, suppliers. If you've been a good customer, you know, they're often really willing to help. And we hear all the bad stories um, and there's definitely plenty of them, but, you know, there's, there's plenty more good ones out there that sort of rarely get shared because everyone wants to look at... Um, you know, them feeling like they're, you know, perfect or have a perfect record. So some of the best advice I received um, years ago is just, you know, ask other business people and be absolutely honest, you know, what you're experiencing. And as soon as you do that, the anguish lifts and, you know, it'll improve your ability to, to respond to whatever it is, the, the challenges that you're trying to overcome. Yeah, and it goes without saying that these are really tough issues to deal with. Um, and, and Dan, your observations around the emotions that arise, I think that's really important to acknowledge here. I mean, it is scary um, and it can certainly raise feelings of shame for people, um, even where people are going through a really difficult time through absolutely no fault of their own, like this COVID-19 scenario for many. You know, it, it takes courage to be honest about it and get help and your observations about starting to lift the anguish when you do, that's the key here, um, to then be able to respond with greater control. All right, so changing tack a little bit. Iggy, from an accounting perspective again, um, small businesses naturally get their tax returns completed, but they are backwards looking. So how important is it for business owners to work with their accountants to map out the look forward position? I think of it as looking through the, you know, the rear view window versus the front windshield. Yeah. Um, so how important is that? Look, it's so important to keep on top of your lodgements. Um, if you're lodging late, the ATO will charge late lodgement penalties for each 28-day period that they're late. So don't use the excuse that you don't have the cash to pay for any liability you may have. Just make sure that you lodge. Where times are good, ensure you lodge and pay on time, and then that, that builds up a lot of goodwill with the ATO. Mm-hmm. Uh, as an absolute minimum, we meet with our clients twice a year. In addition to year-end, we look at profit and tax estimates once third-quarter results are completed. This gives us a good idea as to how the business is travelling and consider anything that they may need to be tweaked before the year-end. So if there's an opportunity to change the pace you go instalments, we take the opportunity to do so uh, and we can consider review of remuneration and profit share. Um, Obviously, it's important to be able to see your clients more often than a couple of times a year, but um, we, we're aiming for um, for a quarterly review of clients' some situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, new businesses in particular need to be aware of when their tax is due. Uh, when a business starts up, there's no history as to the profit or tax you pay, so there's no instalment notices that are provided to you by the tax office. So you effectively have a tax holiday of up to 23 months. A business starting up tax won't need to lodge their first tax return, say for this year, um, until May 2022. So their first tax payment would be due around the time that they lodged their tax return. This will then trigger the pay-as-you-go instalment system for June 2022, where you will then need to pay uh, the tax on the income you've already earned during the 21-22 financial year. Plus, in normal years, 
an index factory is added to the previous year's tax. Um, they have the tax office has stopped that for the time being due to COVID. So effectively, in in that period of ten weeks, you're paying two years worth of tax. So this can be a very big shock to the unwary. Okay, so that's some cracking advice right there, and you know, and a trap that has no doubt caught out countless businesses over the years. Um, so need to be really aware of that one, um, that it um, will come, and understand what it will likely look like when it's payable, and then start to set aside funds well in advance to avoid that cash flow shock. So a great tip there for new businesses starting up. Um, I'm conscious of the time. I think we could um, all. We'll both talk, all of us talk together um, for a long, you know, a lot longer than what we already have. But just to wrap up, if I could maybe ask you guys, in addition to say moneysmart.gov.au, which is a terrific resource, what other resources do you think are val- valuable and, and worth referring people to? Um, believe it or not, the ATO website's pretty good these days. They've got um, quite a bit of, they wouldn't call it advice, but um, there's um, some, um, some guidance there. And they've also got some videos and and other things as well that you could use. Um, and another um, another good resource is um, uh, on the Chartered Accountants ANZ website, where um, Ross Greenwood talks about um, cash flow and different different business situations to um, to look out for. So um, that's called the Network with Ross Greenwood. So you could probably um, just go to charteredaccountantsanz.com and uh, you'll be able to. See, I think there's a series of about five or six videos on there. Okay, terrific. Uh, for me, it's um, re- really just do a, a web search, Google something. So, um, you know, there's there's many forms of a question that you want answer and just keep trying different forms of that question in Google and research what the um, what the findings are. I mean, you know, the, the knowledge age is is done, right? I mean, we can get all of this so data in our, in our, you know, to our phone. So we're carrying this around with us all the time. So, you know, use Google. Yeah, great. Simple tip there. Um, so any final nuggets of wisdom that you'd like to share on how to improve cash flow management? Um, so, you know, good life hack, and this kind of applies to many different things. Um, find someone who's done it well and copy what they do. Um, that's a great starting point that you can then iterate from there on. That's a really good one and I have to admit something I've done over the years as well and gives you a good starting point and from there you can adapt it to suit your, suit your own businesses and your own preferences and, and you start to own it in a version that makes sense uh, for you and your business. Iggy, what about you? Yeah, that's a good point, Dean. Um, for me, there's two things that jump out. Um, making the time and using tools to set yourself up for success is important and secondly, need to collaborate with your accountant and your financial planner uh, and your banker or your finance broker. Some advisors may be wary of doing that, but in my experience, it's really powerful to reach good quality outcomes for clients. And I guess the two of you are a great example of how that works in action, as I know that you work together in that way. So that's, um, that's a really important one. Absolutely. In terms of closing off, um, perhaps one final thought from me. Um, my experience has been that the real challenge and the key to success with this one is committing to regularly reviewing and updating your cash flow projections. Knowing what to do is one thing. Developing habits around this is the true key to success. Um, so at least try and stick with this for 90 days. Just make make it something that you do. Um, work alongside your bookkeepers, your accountants, financial planners or trusted advisors 
the habit formation is absolutely fundamental to success with this. And uh, what the, you know, the bonus that comes with it is the ability to sleep better at night. Um, I hope that today's podcast has given you some valuable information. Um, the sharing of experiences and stories from both Dean and Iggy today has just been brilliant um, and hopefully provided some insights to help you to start to see how you can take steps to steady your ship and work towards regaining financial stability. For those businesses that are fortunate and almost perversely um, to be in, find themselves in a better position with the COVID support, take this opportunity and lock in some of those buffers that your future self will thank you for. This pandemic is a reminder to us all that shocks can come out of nowhere and solid cash flow management will enable you to navigate future events with less stress and free you to focus up on what you do best and that's running and growing your own business. Um, A heartfelt thanks to Iggy and Dean. Thank you so much. This has just been brilliant and really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. It's been fantastic. Thank you. That was another episode of Good Money Habits, brought to you by Lighthouse Capital. A reminder that this episode was general in nature and doesn't take into account your personal objectives, financial situation or needs, and therefore may not be appropriate for you. It is recommended that you seek professional advice before making any significant financial decisions. If you want to find out more, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts or head to www.lighthousecapital.com.au.